Today on the AF Podcast, I'm joined by the host of the Open Run Podcast and the director of the Full Court 21 Canada Tournament, a.k.a. the world's most unique basketball tournament, Mr. Will Strickland. As we discuss this summer, bringing back the tournament, the first one, AC, you know, after COVID. We discuss their expansion and the future of this tournament, having to pivot when COVID came. Plus, you talk about how we started his own podcast and get into his history of working and creating within the media, his music industry days. Plus, we discuss this, the state of R&B, our love for Magic Johnson, what he's looking forward to for the upcoming NBA season. We get into a ton of shit. All right, so kick back. And enjoy this one by listening and watching, because you can also watch this episode on my South Sharaf YouTube channel. You can watch it on your device or throw us up on the big screen, however you want it. You know, we got you. And as always, you can check out all my shows from South Sharaf Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn and Alexa, and wherever else you listen to pods. Click on all the stars for me, all the stars. It's like, it's like, just relive that Kendrick and Scissor video, all right? All the stars. I need all five, all five. Please, please, and thank you, of course. Listen, rate, review, and subscribe. Leave your comments. Don't be afraid. And check out my catalog of all my work at SouthShareAv.com. Once again, that's SouthShareAv.com. So just to bring a little attention to this, on October 7th, I've been teasing it for months now, but I'll be launching a special edition series of the Av called the R&B Fantasy Draft, especially for you music lovers and R&B lovers. Man, you're going to appreciate this one right here. I'm telling you. The episodes have already been recorded. It was an amazing time, and the conversations, the musical conversations, I'm not joking, man. I, I really can't wait for you to watch it, listen to it, digest it all. Seriously, I, I, I really can't wait for you to watch this. Each round will be its own episode. It's going to be spread across each Friday of October, starting October 7th until November the 11th. All right, I won't get into the format now. Uh, you will have to tune in to see how it all works. But seriously, I can't wait for you to check this out. It will be on all platforms, including uh, South Sharaf's YouTube channel every Friday. All right, so I'm going to attach some fun things to these episodes. I'll announce everything in the next upcoming weeks. But man, I'm telling you, I can't, I can't wait for you to check this out. We'll get into more of that later. Plus the NBA Open a Week podcast, but we got Will waiting, so let's not hold him up any longer. All right, is the Ave podcast with Cal C on South Sharaf Radio? Habitual, it was an habitual nine stepper. Welcome to the Ave podcast with Cal C on South Sharaf Radio. Welcome to the Ave podcast. Today I'm joined by the director of Full Court 21, uh, the host of the Open Run podcast, which you can catch every Tuesday wherever you listen to podcasts. And in his spare time, he likes to step online habitually. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Will Strickland to the show. How you doing today, sir? Trying to maintain, brother. That's trying I to hear maintain. you. I hear you. I hear you. you. Had quite the busy summer, man, which we'll get into in a minute. But you know, just to get started, like, how was your summer? How was your how was your summer going? Post-COVID, AC oh, after COVID. <laughs> See, that's the whole thing. We're not, not AC yet. That's the whole yeah. thing. We're still in the midst. We're still yeah. in the midst, which Towards is tough. the end. Towards the end. But the we end hope it is. We don't want any more variants. Mm. But we took a shot on coming back this summer and doing the event in several places around the world. Uh, Japan, throughout the United States, of course. 
in all five cities in Canada. So right. we're just coming back slowly. We have a big 2023 lined up, right. but because Canada has been so dominant on the world stage with Full Court 21, we decided, you know, let's go ahead and uh, do all Canadian finals since we're at new the all world finals in New York mm-hmm. because of monkey. They had a huge breakout of monkeypox, so we couldn't plan around that. Uh, and we just decided against it. Yeah. And we're like, okay, we're going to do an all Canadian final. Mm-hmm. with special and international invited guests if they wanted to get that smoke internationally you know put some more stamps in a passport mm-hmm. you know um we call them the interns anybody who shows up and plays that's i call a lot of people when we're playing against me on the court the interns too because you know i'm going to give you that work so handle that right and um we had five winners from across the country um, in every one of our markets, Toronto, Vancouver, Montreal, Edmonton, and Halifax, mm-hmm. who won for 2022. Plus, we invited the three last winners of the all-world finals, who just so happened to be Canadians. So the mm-hmm. 2017 champion, Nolan Gooding, a.k.a. 50-50, a.k.a. School Safety. You know, uh, that's a nick- uh, nickname he got in New York City. Because mm-hmm. like, they, they say he looked like the, the dude who ran the school. So they call him school safety, right? Um, Manny moved the crowd. Campbell, 2018 All-World Champion. And my man, Demi Harris, a.k.a. Demi Sosa, who won in 2019 Mm -hmm. uh, from Vancouver. And you have to imagine, like, these guys are beating players from over 30 markets on four continents from around the world in New York City. Mm -hmm. It's basically the Basketball Olympics without Mm -hmm. the Olympics attached to them for now. For now. For now, we can get to talking with that. Uh, when that when, when, when that when you unwrap that ribbon, yeah. Oh, it's it's something that's happening, mm-hmm. and we're 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 very excited about it. But and it and it makes sense too, right? You got three on three. You know that's that's a well, sport. Why not? Why not? Like well, the 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 president of the IOC has had a mandate that, as they know, the old timers are washing out a bit. So they have to reinvigorate the games to get younger people involved and engaged in the games. Uh-huh. And I guess there were some boxes they needed to pick off. And it was making them more gender balanced, more youth focused. And of course, more, in their words, I'll use the air quotes here, urban. Right. I guess we ticked off all those boxes. And you had three tiers of basketball now. You got five on five, best in the world. Uh-huh. Right. You have three on three, really good players. Right. Some WNBA players are playing in the three on three as well. Right. Uh, Kelsey Plum from the Las Vegas Aces won a medal this year uh, playing three on three in, in um, Tokyo. So, you know, you have three on three. And then the, the final tier, one on five. There's no other application in the game like this. You know, anybody could play, you know, five on five, four on four, three on three, two on two, one on one. Right. But this is a skill de- development game. It's a unique game, but it also harkens back to our the essence of our and the genesis of our basketball playing experience. When you go down to the park, you don't go with a rep team. You don't go with like you know your squad. It's you after leaving the backyard or you know the the, the driveway, or whatever. You're testing your skills. You don't know who these people were at the park, uh-huh. you know. And I always say like you always see the lineup. So it's like the dude who was kind of nice in high school, but he was a knucklehead. Couldn't, you know, didn't play well with others, didn't go to university, but he's a hood star. Like he runs the court. 
You got to do, you know, he played overseas maybe after he played college or university. He's nice. He can hoop. You got the old cat who's been out there since they poured the concrete. Like, yo, young fella, back in the day, you used to pull quarters off the top of the back. Mm. He's out there. And, of course, the guy wearing a full Toronto Raptors uniform, but can't play at all. He's out there, too, right? And some of them may be she's as well because mm-hmm. we have, we've been talking about women playing basketball. So, again, that is the community we cater to. Right. And I think that in doing that and having those guys show up, have some wild cards come out there, you know, guys who have won before in the past or participated with us in the past, um, made it really exciting. So we had a women's division and a men's division. And our sponsor partner, uh, eBay, yeah, gave away tens of thousands of dollars worth of sneakers. I'm talking about high end, high value. I've seen, I've seen the Jordan, the Jordan, the Concords got thrown out there. I've seen that cool grays throwing out Travis Scott joints, like three, four, five, six hundred dollars sneakers, giving them away, right? Mm. So, shout out to them. You know, shouts out to other donors, sponsors, and donor partners like, you know, Size, which is like a boutique sneaker uh, store in Canada, uh, in Vancouver and Toronto. You know, Xbox Canada they gave me Xboxes to give away. I'm giving away Xboxes. I only play video games. Mm-hmm. I'm giving away Xboxes. You know, Herschel Supply Company. Like, we had lots of great partners, and I think what makes giving all that stuff away so good is that the community is so engaged. We're able to do these things in the community and give back. And I left one thing out. Our male winner actually won, courtesy of the National Basketball League of Canada, the oldest professional basketball league in Canada. Our male winner got a training camp invite for winning full court 21. So your route to professional basketball doesn't always have to go through college and university. Now we're providing a conduit for opportunities, for experiences. And if you have that, you know, that drive within you to come play and have an opportunity to play, you know, in the NBLC or quite possibly the CBL, you know, it's not beyond the realm of possibility. And, um, you know, with our other deals that we're working on for the United States, with the NBA's G League, and also Ice Cube's Big Three League, Just yeah, opportunities. The, the smirks on your face. I, I see that the, the ceiling's being removed. I like to see that. I, I, I'm all about for that. Me, I'm all about for that. Me, for me, it's just really about creating opportunities and giving back to what it's given to me so so right. greatly. So, you know, I'm really excited about what we have coming up. I'm excited. I love the people who come to play with us. I think they're high-quality, high-value people. Oh. And I appreciate their contributions to this thing we call Full Court 21, the world's most unique basketball tournament. Now, you know, um, I want to take it back a little bit because obviously this is the first one you've done since, you know, I like to say BC before COVID, but, you know, and I, and I, want, and I want to get into the summer and everything, like a little more about that, but in all the cities, you know, that the tournament was located at, but the genesis of this all, how did this begin for you? Just, just, a, little, no, just a reminder, just a reminder for people. Bobby Garcia, for those who don't know, he's a cultural renaissance man, a friend of mine for well over 30 years. Stretching Bobby, like, Yeah. We go back like over, you know, 35 years, I think, almost 35 years. Mm. Like fat rayons and car seats, as we like to say. <laughs> you know, it's been a long time, but we've collaborated on so many things as friends, as partners, as business partners. And it has to fit. It has to speak to our value system. 
Like the things we're doing has to, has to speak to what we're into. So it's not just about let's go get some money from it. We can get money from anybody. Uh-huh. But when Bob started doing it, it was just for fun. I said, I, I just researched it and I'm like, you know what? I want to litmus test this in Canada. Because 21 in Canada is not the same as 21 in New York City. It's just, it's a different energy to it. But basketball has become more popular every year in Canada. So we want to make sure that, you know, we, we, we reach out to people who want to play this game. And I spent a lot of time trying to explain the difference between playing American. You know, even in Canada, it's called, yeah, it's called American. No yeah. We used, to, we used to, well, Montreal, we used to call it American, American in yeah. Toronto, right? Yeah. They say the same thing in Toronto, but they call it St. Mary's in Halifax. You know, it's the oh. same guy, game, but it's so called something different. Even in New York City, you can be in Brooklyn, they call it Utah. You can be at West Force, it's 21. You know, mm-hmm. you go down to South Carolina, they call it 26. Yeah. You play in Kentucky and in Tennessee, they call it 36. And there's no free throws. You get it how you live. You go, the ball goes through the basket, you get it back, you score again, whatever you need to do. It's physical, mm-hmm. but it's still the same. The concept is still the same. And, you know, when Bob started doing it in 2013, I, like, again, I always, I plan my work so I can work my play. By 2015, I was ready to rock. Didn't have any connections really in Vancouver. Just went out there. I heard Kid Speech was like the, the, the rocker of Vancouver. It's like the court where everybody went, plus, the oh. vista was beautiful. It's right on the beach. beach. You know, yeah. it's it's beautiful. And the people are like, no, my guy, not you. We can't have you doing a tournament out here. I'm just keeping a buck. They said my suntan was too deep. I'm like, oh, okay. I oh. can appreciate that. <laughs> and uh, I just went and found another spot to rock. So mm-hmm. it was out in Richmond. We did the South Arm Recreation Center or South Arm Community um, Center, which is funny because the success we had from our first year there was so visible and viable to people who were who had been doing tournaments in that city for years. They they moved their tournament to the park I was at. Oh, I see. There you go. So, you know, we did a lot there. But it was just like after doing Toronto and Vancouver, the amount of calls we got about bringing Full Court 21 to all these cities. I could have been greedy about it and messed my whole life up. But I said, how can we cover the country? in a way that makes sense and that we can still control it and keep a narrative going. Right. And so we added Edmonton, Montreal and Halifax to kind of cover the rest of the country. Mm -hmm. And it's been going great since 2016. The pandemic knocked us down for a little bit, but you know, I love what we're doing with it. And again, you know, everybody in every city is different, but I love the energy in each city, everything that we do, whether it's, you know, um, what we do in Vancouver and all the different areas there or, Coming, you know, obviously Toronto is easy bake, but you know, going to Montreal and going to Park Oscar Peterson and Little Burgundy and you know, understand the history of Little Burgundy in Montreal yeah. and seeing the cats from that neighborhood and that community embrace us, uh-huh. you know. And then for those who don't know, like I don't care where you're from, if you don't pay respect to somebody else's soil, they will make sure you find out that it's due. And that's, and that's so when I go, that's, that's universal. That's that yeah, well, you you would think it's the universal. Not everyone understands the rules yeah. of the street. The code oh, of the I know. street. Oh, I know. I know. So you know, I go to, and talk to you know the goon squad and like, oh my man, this is what we're doing this year. You know, we'd love for you to come over. We want to keep it peaceful if we can. Love to have you be a part of it. But you got to get that cosign, man. Absolutely. And we we do that in every city. You know, other than you know 
the court in Toronto. I'm really have to do that part because it's my court. Uh -huh. If anybody wants to dispute that, you can get your lunch money taken too. I don't really care, right? Man, woman, or child can all get it. I'm a ball player at heart, and I'm gonna always talk that talk. And oh, did you see the news earlier? Mm. Which news now? No, it was about um an active shooter in Toronto. You saw the thing? Was that on the highway? No, it's right here. He's an active shooter. He's always ready. <laughs> Why the did I fall for that? I feel really the stupid musket, for that. The I really musket feel dumb. is ready. I really feel dumb for falling for that. I really no, do. no, sir. Don't. Don't. <laughs> don't. Don't feel bad. The musket must bust all the time. Okay? We're ready to go. Active shooter right here. That's my fault. Just letting you know. That's my fault, people. No, no. You I, can, fell for, I fell listen, for that crap. Listen, listen. <laughs> greater... Far greater have fallen for it. <laughs> Don't feel bad. Don't feel uh, bad. That's hilarious. It's part of it. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. No, man, it's, it, it's great, man. I just, again, it keeps me young. It keeps me active. It keeps me, you know, engaged in the community. And I, and I think this, to be able to earn from something you love doing and you're not actually playing the game, uh -huh. you know, and to be able to give back while you're earning and, and, because the currency sometimes, for a lot of it, is cultural currency. It doesn't have any dollar figure you can put on it, yeah. right? The the ability to create connected tissue between players who come from all around the world playing this game. And like, yo, next time you're in Japan, or let's do a little tour in Tokyo. We can get some monies. And like, we're setting up for Tokyo or for a Japanese tour and a China tour for mm -hmm. Full Court 21, fully financed. That's Guys who've never been anywhere before are getting this opportunity to play and get paid for their play. It's not a whole lot of money, but guess what? These guys going into their 30s and early 40s are like, yo, here's my opportunity. Mm -hmm. I played a little professional. I, I, get, I got a couple of tryouts. You know, they pay me. Anytime you get paid to play a game, you're a professional. So, you know, that's it. At the end of the day, being able to go and do this and have these experiences come back and be like, this all came because we participated in Full Court 21. I love now, that part of it. Now, was it uh, was it a specific year where you felt like you knew there was going to be like a, like a lengthy future in this? Or was it like after that 2015 year? After 2015. Okay. so right That's when that we flipped year. it from, from just like fun to like I started creating and crafting a business model around it and then adding elements to it. Like not just doing the tournament, but also like this year or well, in New York. I started doing this full court 21 experience. Yeah. And I could not replicate. Like you can't replicate New York anywhere. I don't care if it's in a movie. It still can't be that yeah. thing. So in New York, I would take them to ESPN. So they went on first take and get out and Jalen Jacoby. And Sway. You know, I took them to Sway in the morning. It's serious XM taking them to the NBA offices where they get to live a life, a day in the life of a NBA player. JJ Reddick was there shooting with the guys one day, just kind of talking to them. So those experiences are great. We did a court crawl instead of like a pub or club crawl. We did a court crawl. So oh. I took them to West Forth, places they heard about or yeah. saw on like video games. I took you to West Forth. I took you to Rucker. I took you to Dykeman. I took you to Biggie Park in Brooklyn. Then oh. we end up at Brooklyn Bridge Park and the Brooklyn Nets show up. Of course, it's not Katie and Kyrie. Yeah, it's, like yeah, Kessler. it's like Kessler Edwards and Cam <laughs> Thomas, but it's still the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. Right. So you have the, the the Statue of Liberty in the background, you're shooting, you're playing. It's like there's a vibe to it. Uh -huh. So those experiences 
And because I couldn't replicate in Toronto what we do in New York, the plan was one thing. And I'll tell you the plan because the plan was sick. So we were still, our meet and greet was supposed to happen at 360, the, the rotating restaurant at the top of the CN Tower. Yeah. Right? We're going to start off there. On Friday, we had our shoot around, our photo shoot for the players, which that happened. Mm -hmm. and, and later on that evening, our first ever Ladies First event. Right. Ladies First was a celebration of women of color and sneaker culture and basketball. Right. So we had a panel discussion. It was so, such a resounding success that now we're going to do them across the country in conjunction with Hoop Queens and Slam Magazine. Okay. Right. To, you know, talk more about the women's game and why, you know, from a sneaker culture standpoint and all those marketplaces, having those communities come out because we need more female engagement in the tournament. And this is one way for us to do outreach and and to give back in that way and start listening. Like our whole thing was about here's a look, listen and launch event for us because as men, sometimes we don't know how to create that space or offer the grace that's necessary for these women to feel safe in those spaces with us yeah. and play the game they love playing too. You know, or what a rock the sneakers they oh you want the, the pink sneakers? No, I like those. Those those are rooked to me. So I'm gonna wear those. It had nothing to do with color, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, just having that. So ladies first was great. The women who were on the panel, uh, if you're not familiar with them, uh my host or moderator for the evening, you know, um Marsha Gate Knight, who runs this blacks and, and um sports business um company that you should check out. They just celebrated their second like birthday. And it's really she does a lot of great things for black people who are in, you know, the the business of sports in Canada. It's okay. not just athletes. You should check that out. Okay. You know, Kisa Kisa K from uh -huh. Hoop Queens was there. She's on the panel. The first paid women's summer league in the history of Canada. I can't remember anyone anywhere else. So uh -huh. she's doing something. She stepped out on her own and is doing her thing. Made that you happen. Know, Shereen Edros from eBay Canada, the, the Jordan Queen. She was our sponsor this year. Mm -hmm. She was there. We had, you know, Ivy Tomasi, who plays at Brock University, and my homegirl Minori, who, you know, um, Fukushi, who played in the tournament as well. So kudos to those ladies who are coming out and supporting and making it happen. And uh, and then on Saturday, um, what we were supposed to do after the tournament was we're going to end up um, – Top is the champagne poppies. Mm. We're gonna do an IG live with Drake mm. at his house, but he got COVID and threw off his whole oh, schedule. So even though he, you know, got back and did the show anyway, it just everything got thrown off. So it's like the amount of security and checks we had to go through to get that done because, of course, we're going into his home. Yeah, so that's right. So it's just it was it's it like was, going to the White House. Just, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was disappointing we couldn't do it, but I understood. Mm. And I appreciate Morgan and those guys over at OVO Sound looking out for us like that. Yeah. But um, we ended up doing um, a fundraiser with Hoop, Hoop Queens. Okay. Um, they had a fundraiser to help young ladies, and there was a scholarship that went to it. So we wanted to support that and, and focus our efforts on that. We normally have a championship dinner after the tournament. We gave the funding to that to Hoop Queens. So, again, you know, steel sharpening steel at all times. Um, and what we're doing is creating these experiences, but also – there has to be a takeaway. We don't want to do the thing where we do a party and there's like red solo cups on the ground and that's it. We're done. We're out yeah, of here. Right, right, right. There has to be, be some... Yeah, we want to make it sustainable, man. I think in everything we do, there are three very basic steps. Set up, execution, and follow through. 
Most people fail in the follow through. We want to continue to succeed in the follow through. So now, I'm looking forward to what we do next year. Now, how tough was it for you to like watch your, you know, the tournament have to go on pause because of COVID? Like, was there a time throughout that two, three year mark where you were like, man, this is threatening the future? Get the knife out of my chest. <laughs> like, it was like that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, The threat is always there. I mean, our health is first and foremost. For sure. And being healthy and safe was paramount, you know, for us to, to do this thing the right way. Um, everyone had COVID tests on their own. You know, we made sure that everything was good um, before we got together. But then, you, you know, you can't prevent everything. You're outdoors. You know, we don't have a super controlled environment in that way. But, you know, I was hurt by the momentum being slowed. Yeah. But that also gives you an opportunity to, you know, in our general nature as black people, we've always, if you look at our history, we've always taken nothing and turned it into something. So COVID just offered us an opportunity to be more creative. And plan. And think, yeah, you know, you got to plan your work so you can work your plan. And I think that oftentimes we took that not as a break, but like, okay, how do we do this better? So when we come back from the thing, instead of us chasing our fans, why don't we go to where they're going to be? Well, what was the first thing that a lot of people did when they were freed from like some of the restrictions of COVID? They want to go sit in the park or go to an amusement park. Amusement park. Uh -huh. So <clears throat> we struck a deal or we, we put the plan together, I should say, to uh, partner with Six Flags uh -huh. in the United States right, and do Full Court 21 and Sneaker Summit, which draws three, 4,000 kids every time they do it. Uh -huh. Two Six Flags, like inside the park mm. as an event. The G League will put down a wooden floor with all the logos and decals and everything. And we have them out there, some of their players, the mascot, all kinds of giveaways. Is, is, um, work with Staples Canada and Staples US as well for them to provide back-to-school backpacks full of their basic supplies as well for our youth because we do a, a free like youth mini skills tournament or not tournament, but like development camp and mini camp in the morning uh -huh. and that's some of the takeaway they get that stuff you know um and and going to these six flags locations with the g league with sneaker summit with one of our other sponsors uh in the united states snipes which is basically the the european foot locker they now have 100 storefronts in the united states big following online and of course my company one neighborhood and, and full court 21 we were doing it in six or seven different Six Flags locations across America, okay. along with Sneaker Summit. So if you say, for instance, Darien Lake, the one in Darien, or Canada's Wonderland, right. let's take a conversation. And we did this with the Raptors 905. And on an average Saturday, they had 10,000 people come through the turnstiles, right? But with Sneaker Summit, what we're doing with Full Court 21, maybe another five, 6,000 come through. You think at, let's say for the sake of conversation, at $50 a pop for another 5,000 people, they're going to say no to another incremental $250,000 on top of what they were earning on average? Exactly. Absolutely not. And that's how I pitched and that's how we get the deal. And, so, that's, and, and it's smart because, you know, at the end of the day, even after the event's over, well, there's rides, there's amusements, there's this, there's that. Who's not going to, 
the value. It's, right. it's all about the value. And I think they, they saw the value in us bringing more people in there. But this was an attraction. And to be able to do this at seven different locations across the United States, um, we had it locked in for this year. It couldn't get everything locked in the way we wanted to because it was going to go from May the 14th to June 25th this, this year. Mm-hmm. Next year, we have it kind of planned the same way, but we're in meetings with them toward the end of, of September, early October okay. um, to lock in allocations at every spot and make sure there are no conflicts of interest as far as any sponsors or anything like that. But it's a great place to be, and 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 I'm feeling comfortable with what we're doing with that. Having so many like different broadcasting partners that we're working with right now, mm-hmm. um, Caffeine.TV, look out for them. If you're not familiar with Caffeine.TV, I would check that out and keep that in mind. You'll you'll see a lot of stuff that's engaged with like everything. The ethos of everything we do is hip hop, hoops, sneakers, yeah, rock rubber 45s. So like you know, um, Bobbio's film is called Rock Rubber 45s. It's really everything we do. Like that's us. So to be able to live through what you love and earn as a result is a blessing, my guy. Yeah. And this is uh I'm just happy to be a part of it, to tell you the truth. No, and and honestly, it sounds like I said, just you know, and I asked these questions just because you know, it did seem like coming out of out of this pandemic, like you guys stepped it out a notch from getting the sponsorship as you're discussing, adding the women's division, you had all Canadian final with you know, with the men from all five cities, you know, plus the past winners. You know, shout out to Tremaine Otley for taking the crown. I believe he took the crown, mm-hmm. right, for this year? I gotta, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got to give him a shout Anthony, for that. Anthony Otley Jr., you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he came out and he, he, he's at the wild card, but he was also the 2017 and 2018 um, Full Court 21 Toronto champion. champion right. Um, and we, he went down to New York with us once and was so amped to meet Bobito. Mm. And be, we normally have, like, the little shoot-around before the tournament. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Anthony, just go out and just shoot, man. Don't try to impress him. Like, don't do anything. Ends up twisting his ankle. And Bob's like uh-huh. a really big fan of Otley because of like, you know, he was just really open, right? Like, yo, this is Bobito. Do you know who this is? Like, he was on my NBA 2K Street. Like, he was the voice for that, you know? Uh-huh. Bob's doing another, like, he's doing some something in Metaverse right now. This game, he's uh, doing a voiceover for that with – um my man King Handles, Joey Hayward, who played in the tournament out in Vancouver. Yeah. And I was hoping he would come back and play. He was doing a thing um with Bone Collector and, and stuff uh in Toronto not too long ago. So Joey's a really good, like uh a really good person to have on your team, really good person to promote the game of basketball. Like he never stops playing basketball. Ever. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's a beautiful thing. He has a genuine love for it. So um, yeah, just the, like I said, the people make this, man. We would just provide and facilitate an environment for this thing to happen. These guys have to join it and have to make it happen, men and women who make this thing go. And we appreciate all of them. Now, out of the five cities, you know, Edmonton, Vancouver, Toronto, Montreal, Halifax, which one would you say surprised you, especially coming back in terms of the hype and the love, especially just, you know, after the hiatus of, you know, of, of uh, the COVID break? I was a little upset at Edmonton, but I was glad we got our first indigenous winner. Okay. So my man, he's quite bouncy. King Caribou. Uh, King and Caribou, you oh, might see a see bunch it. of I've videos. Been seeing, I've been seeing his videos recently. Young is quite bouncy and uh, just a good good dude. And he was like, I didn't even know about this thing. And now it's opened up a whole other world to me. And he stays close. You know, these I, I love that part that they, like, they just want to learn. 
I'm going to be a part of something. And, uh, you know, he talked about his story is so important. I think I always tell all these guys, like the narratives and the storytelling we do through doing this tournament is so important. You know, coming from this small town in Manitoba where they don't get a whole lot. He's a role model to his community. Uh-huh. And for him to come and be able to take that back to his community and tell them, this is what I'm doing. Can you see me? And he did a lot when he was in Toronto. And they're like, you know, it meant a lot to him. And I told him stories on the podcast. If you check our episode where, you know, we were talking about uh, how I had never been to a First Nations community, you uh-huh. know, and I've had the opportunity to have so many experiences in Canada. When I went, the first time I went uh, was this place and just outside of Calgary called the Sutana tribe. And I was doing a thing called the corner. Well, again, some young people doing it's a hip hop musical that incorporates spoken word, R and B and rap to kind of talk about issues of the day for young people. And when we get there, like there's these placards all around the gym. Cause the gym was also their auditorium was also their lunchroom. Mm. Right. Yeah. So they had finished eating lunch. They cleaned up the floor and I was just shooting hoops with this one kid. And I said, my man, how do you say this word? And I had him say it to me like 30 times. They goes, but if you say it this way, it means something totally different. So now I thought he was trying to play me. Mm-hmm. So I got some other kids from like different parts of the gym. How do you say that? So when I come out on the stage, like I'm acting like I'm totally oblivious to them in the crowd. Mm-hmm. I have this newspaper in front of me and I do the people's eyebrow, you know, and pull the paper down and everything. And I go, what are you guys doing on my corner? What are you doing on my block? Welcome to the corner. My name is Will the Barber. That's my barber shop back there. Instead of saying, what's up to them? I pull the paper down. I go, nada, nasta, nada. And they lost their minds. And so did Keenan. He goes, bro, you just telling me that story and that you cared enough to take one word. Like, that changed because it was a respect thing. And that's what, we, again, the cultural currency. Uh-huh. And everything we do, we try to make sure that, that we are transferring this kind of stuff in communities that are generally underserved. Like, you know, your voice matters. We want to make sure your voice is amplified through what we do. No, 100%. 100%. Now, you know, not, I don't want you to give your secret sauce away, but what's your plans for Full Court 21 next year? Like, And I'm, just, I'm asking in terms of, more so in terms of location. Like, where, like, will you guys be heading back to New York or are you looking to have the world come back to Toronto each year instead of New York City? I mean, we eventually want to get to the point of a movable feast. We've yeah. had gotten some, we've gotten some feelers from, you know, Australia. Australia really wants to be down with what we're doing. And we have all, if we go that far, we have a lot that we're going to put together with them um, and become like sort of like cultural attaches to those countries that we go into mm-hmm. and exchanging this game that's not commonly played in other places outside of North America like that. Mm-hmm. So we want to make sure that we we do that as, as ambassadors for the game, as shareholders of the culture, you know, making sure that we are protecting it and sharing it the proper way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just looking forward to those things. But, you know, honing in on what we want to do in North America, getting more markets in North America, bringing back Atlanta, bringing back Chicago, you know, bringing Houston into the fold, you know, strengthening what we do in Portland and Seattle and San Jose and L.A. Like we're really making sure that we have the world there. We want to get back into Africa again. We had Africa early on with Ghana, Benin, you know, Mali you know, different places like that. And we want to bring them back into the fold. So, you know, we're looking forward to, to strengthening our women's divisions, you know, making sure our, 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 that we're not doing too much too soon. 
and you know the Six Flags um, events that I was telling you about. That's a full summer for me, but yeah. it's you know the payoff is so sweet because again you make these relationships that last that seem to last forever. You know, yeah. there are families and people. There's a family, the McGee family in Halifax. They don't care if their son wins or loses. They drive to Toronto. They drive to New York to support the tournament mm. every year without fail. That's crazy. Without fail. Like, they love the game. They love the, like, it's an energy to it. It's a vibe, man. And and I'm going to tell your point, Shaven Ass, next time you don't come down, we're going to have some issues. <laughs> you know what's going to air you out in your show? <laughs> <laughs> I just had to wait for my moment. Point saving ass. You gotta watch him. He's kind of quick. <laughs> no, I'm giving you the business, man. I'd love to see you down there next year, though, Cal. Hey, man. Spot, man. Hey, man. This this Toronto traffic, I've never seen anything like this in my life. It is, it is beyond. It took me two hours to get to get to that spot. I was mad. I was legitimately mad when well, I got I'm gonna there. Tell it, you, was, it was the end. I was pissed. You want to come downtown? You We're going to get a campsite for everybody. Like a pitcher tent right there. <laughs> but we will, uh, hey, we will have a host hotel next year. I'm keep my fingers crossed. I'm gonna talk out of class right now. The Delta Toronto, right there, not too far away from the Scotiabank um, you know. arena. And shouts out to Real World, and I see keep saying Real World, Real Sport, Real Sport, Real Sport. Yeah, Real Sports looked out tremendously for us this year mm -hmm. um, with the location. I think they're gonna be. A long-time partner. Um, we're working on some stuff with them. We we're trying to do it at um, what's the other place with the games and stuff? The rec room, but mm. they get funny style now. So mm. I'm like, you know, I got to go with people. You know, show um, you the love, man. Yeah, I, I can't front. You know, I, 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 you know, I don't know why I gave them burn just now. So it, you know, <sighs> that's it right. is what it is. <laughs> that's all right now. I know you've been doing your thing for years, you know, being on different shows and having your own shows, both TV and radio in the past. What made you decide to start your own podcast? Well, I've been doing podcasts since the early podcast days. Um, I mean, that's how we got to, to radio and TV in Canada. Mm. You know, they came to us. We didn't come to them. Mm. And you, you always have to build your own thing as someone who's doing your own thing right now. Like, how do you make your voice stand out in the, amongst the cacophony of sounds and noises that are out there. Like, what are you doing that's different than what everybody else is doing? And we understood that when we named our podcast, All Balls Don't Bounce, the science behind the name was, you know, in the world and in life, they'll tell you the ball is supposed to bounce this way. Where we come from, all balls don't bounce. And so right. by being able to put the science behind it and talk about, like, the sports from our perspectives that weren't really being shared and then the things we were doing, I remember having our first meeting I went to this sandwich spot. I can't name because um, they're not giving me sponsorship for right. you. Um, and ordered some tuna sandwiches, like a, a platter of sandwiches. I sat in my office downtown Toronto. Invite these guys over. My man Dwayne Watson, who's over at MLSC right now. Mm -hmm. My man Morgan Campbell, who was a writer at the Toronto Star, right. Canada's biggest newspaper. And sat down with them. I said, this is the idea. And if we do this right, before the end of the year, we will be at network television, 100%. Seven months later, we were at TSN. Mm -hmm. Because I knew. I mean, we did a couple of things along the way to make sure we hastened that 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 trip. 
Right. You know, we did our first live podcast for our 30th episode, the sport um um gallery. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Sport Magazine. It's like during yeah. the 80s and early 90s. Sport oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The competitor to 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 Sports Illustrated. Illustrated. Yeah. They have a gallery and someone from Toronto bought Sport Magazine. And they opened up a gallery in the distillery district. And we use that as a spot to do our first live podcast. Right. Now the place only could hold like 50 people. The amount of people in the parking lot trying to get in and what we did after that, like a little party in the parking lot, mm -hmm. was crazy. You know, but it was amazing. And then, you know, um, are you a fan of the wire? Come on. I don't hey look, I ask out <laughs> respect. No, 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 no doubt, no doubt. But I'm halfway assaulted to even ask me that question. No, I have to ask, man. It's a respect <laughs> thing. I, I don't I'm not one to assume at all. Okay? No, no, no doubt. No, no, no. But yes, the answer is yes, absolutely. absolutely. You remember when you remember when Omar stole prop Joe's drugs and sold them back to him? Mm -hmm. That's what we did to TSM when we took the 30 for 30s mm -hmm. that they were supposed to get and be, be able to air that they couldn't because we had, had them first. Mm. And then we we had the nerve to screen them, invite all the heads of Bell Media and Rogers to come out and see what we were doing. And they were like, how'd you guys get these 30 for 30s? I said, you hire us. We'll tell you. We'll let you know. So, you know, they put some bids on the table. We took the best one with TSN. And then they were like, so you guys are going to be talent? No, 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 we're not talent. You can license our show. No, like we never had a licensed show before in our lives. I said, first time for everything. There's the other network that wants the, the same thing. Like, okay, well, let's figure this out. So not only, instead of getting one check and one, I shouldn't be talking like this. I don't want to talk like that, but like, we'll put it like this. Nah, we control okay, our, man. Real, real spill right here. We controlled our destiny mm -hmm. at TSN, you know, to the degree that we changed a lot of stuff that TSN is still doing today, which I was amazed at, at you know, I couldn't believe when we started to talk to them about multi-platform integration, where we had like some synergy between what television was doing with radio, what radio was doing with digital, whether it be um, the written uh, in print or is streaming. They never had that. And I called a meeting to make that happen. And like when they told me, I'm like, how are you guys running this multi-million dollar business and have never sat in the same room together? We aggregated, like we did a thing for March Madness, which is the first big thing we did with them. Yeah. Where we started to aggregate all the Canadian players playing in March Madness and their social media accounts to create our own social community online so people can get familiar with these players. Uh -huh. And I was hosting, like, like these guys, like question and answer period. They're writing to me, asking me these questions. I'm like, I'm not even Canadian, but look at what we're, we've already created a community for you in two days that you guys have been online for years. Right. How did no one else think about this before we got here? Right. With so, all the Canadians that's that's played over across the border, right? You would think. But again, I don't assume. I just do. And and we always say, you know, things don't happen to us. We happen to things. And we made sure to happen to those things and make those things happen. They're still using. So when it came time to opt out, you know, I still had NBA TV Canada stuff that we were doing. You know, just always being in the mix and making sure that you know, from a branding standpoint, we made sure people knew who we were and what we were doing. Mm -hmm. Period. We didn't wait for somebody else. Like, you're sitting around waiting for somebody, you'll always be sitting around waiting for somebody. So what are you doing, you know, with the podcast, Cal, when you think about, you know, what you want with it? Is it is it just for fun? Do you want to earn from it? 
I mean, if you love it, why shouldn't you earn from it, right? And figuring out ways to make sure that it stands out in, in ways that people want to come and be a part of the experience, you know, each and every week or however often you do the podcast, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's really important. And, and when you, once you figure that out and figure out, like, again, plan your work as you work your plan, not to say it's going to work because everybody's out here podcasting now. And the idea of sports radio and sports talk television is getting narrow cast even more and more. If you're not yelling the loudest, you're not getting the burn. <laughs> I'm not doing all that. Yeah. I'm gonna keep it funky with what we'll be doing and 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 be true to that and you know have our core audience and be fine with that. So, you know, uh, I'm gonna see you flourish as well, my guy. No, nah, for sure. And I mean this is this is about, you know, flower flower spreading, right? Because like I said, I see what you're doing with the Oprah run, you know, and I and I definitely like I you know I support. I, I always said like one of my, you know, for me, um, I would say one of one of my favorite episodes was with MC Search because you know mm. back in the day I was a big fan of third base, mm. so you know I appreciated the stories and everything with that, and I thought that was that was wild. So for Oprah to run, like, what makes this one different than the ones that you were, you know, the shows that you're doing before? Or was it in that same, the same spirit, the same vein of that? It's it's similar spirit. I mean, it's just me. Those other shows are more like all sports. This was like basketball to jump off point. Yeah, yeah, and 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 the interviews with the people that I know and people I don't know, and opening myself up to understand the difference between web twos and web threes, and our partnerships with people that I didn't know before, but their stories and how compelling those stories are. Right. Being able to put them on a platform that says, "Okay, we're talking about basketball," but like. Talking about sneaker culture, which I'm deeply invested in, or or you know I want to see women flourish. So you know my friends from the WNBPA or, or or my friends who work in the music industry, who are women who are doing it and flourishing, and knew me back in the salad days when we were all struggling and making sure we got our names out there and people heard our voices mm. in a space where they didn't really want us. We made sure they heard our voices. And I think this is just a continuation of that as I get older. Um, being able to do something and kind of archive, like this is my love letter to all the things that helped make me, you know, who I am and got me to this point, whether it be through basketball, sneaker culture, you know, hip hop culture, like all of that, you know, and I think it's really important for me to kind of document that, you know, and my son sees it. It's, It's funny when he talks to me about it and goes, I didn't know you did this. I said, I've never really sat down and did, like, we can't, I can't, have my son interview me so i can't remember all the stories they just pop up when we start talking to these guys who are part of my life like master ace you know got me a clone phone five years i didn't pay a phone bill mm-hmm. i mean international lover calls like yo mm-hmm. for years and ace hooked me up and we just got really tight after years so you don't see them as like the artists you see them as the people right. bun b flourishing right now my man bun b will tell you the story uh how we met over a box of Dunkin' Donuts. Mm. Dead serious. You know, and I met Bun the politician. I met Bun the person first before I met. I met Bernard Freeman. Bernard James Freeman. Mm-hmm. Before I ever met Bun B. You right. understand what I'm saying? Mm. So to know that the same thing with Duval Clear. You're talking about Michael Barron. These guys, that you, even when I'm talking in the search. She's like, did we meet before I met my wife? Like that, when you have to ask that question, question, you know, you've been with your wife over 30 years, like this is, whether it's music or not, that's how we met. And we're like, uh, you make the phone call and they're like, what do you need? I got you. That's a, a blessing, man. I can't, yeah. I, 
again, those relationships, and again, I keep coming back to cultural currency. When you exchange it in the right way, it's not counterfeit, you're always going to get that love. And it's funny because even even we go back because I remember when you just came to Toronto, you know, and, and I shout out I shout out Chris Nice, DJ Chris Nice. I shout out Big no Curtis. I shout out yeah. DJ uh, G Sharp, you know, yeah. and, and, you know, and I still remember there was a time where I, I swear I, I, I do remember this. You, you watched the 2000 All-Star game and not All-Star game, but the Saturday at our house. Was two thousand? Yeah, the the Vince Carter, the Vince Carter when he went when he went ape shit on the rim. Right, yeah, right, yeah. right, right, right. The, so there's that history was, there. That was Oakland. That was Oakland. That was wait, Oakland. No, no, wait, no, 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 because I wasn't here yet. I was no, no, I wasn't here for two thousand. I didn't move. I didn't move to Canada until two thousand one. Okay, well, there was one of them that you was. That, it was that yeah, you, I was there for something because I sat like, on the couch. You Oakland, sat on the couch said, for that. Oakland, Oakland was uh. Because I was in Oakland because I was still working with Queen Latifah and them. So I was in Oakland for 2000. Okay. But I was there for, I remember that. Because mm-hmm. it was I an met, all-star. I know it was an I all-star met, period. I know that for sure. Who did I meet first? I think I met, no, I met, I, I think I met Curtis Chris. first playing basketball. No, it was Chris first. Yeah. Dude, and then crazy. Curtis was doing the, the shorts and, and all the stuff. And I was wearing the shorts. I wore the shorts when I played in the celebrity basketball tournament with Magic Johnson in New York City. Mm. Right, That's I still love. have those pictures. That's love. Right? I told him I was gonna rock them, and um, he was doing this thing. Uh, I forgot what the name of the, the company he had. Franchise he Athletics. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I was right. Shouts out to to Curtis and, and Chris, of course, man. I mean, they definitely looked back when I first got um into Canada again after coming up years before that, and and uh, you know, trying to get my feet wet in the basketball community. Chris was DJing and stuff, so we going to different parties. Just meeting people and just observing. Like, I, I do that a lot. Yeah. It took me four years before I really got really truly involved in things I want to get involved. I always look first and plan and just plot. And like, this is how we're going to do Measure this. twice to cut once, as they say, right? 100%. You yeah. got that. 100%. Yeah. And and when it comes to your writing, like, now that you've moved over to podcasts, like, for the, for the, you know, I would say not full time, but, you know, the majority of it. You will you stop writing as much? Because when I started, I was doing blogs, and I was I always say when I started my podcast, I'm I'm gonna start back writing soon, and then it just I still say I'm gonna do it, but you know it just it's not as like I might have to do maybe like once or twice a year. I just I don't know. I I love the I love the the recording of of it all. So it's like the writing part of it. You know I don't know if I have the same love for it as I did before, just because you know I, I enjoy the podcast you're moving so much. On. Yeah, you're evolving. Yeah, I think for but me, but I don't want to cut it out though. No, no, and I think what make, keeps my my quote game heavy is that I always write a blurb about the podcast. Mm-hmm. It gives you enough hints, like, and you can. I like to connect dots without telling you everything that's in the thing. Mm-hmm. So I said, yeah, um, Dawn Staley is um, protecting her players, um, and Grandmaster Cass, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like. What does that mean? And like she was paying BYU back for what they did to the whole crush, mm-hmm. the Jay Z bar. Because mm-hmm. I was talking about Jay Z. Right. Like the, the episode this week is called um, "That's the Deities," mm-hmm. and the, a that is a digital audio tape, tape for those who don't know. Yeah. And I have demos from Jay Z on that. I have a Kanye that <clears throat> from a remix contest he did for me when I was at Sony before he was Kanye West. Like it was like that. Before I said, I I was, Kane. Yo. I met him 
through No ID and my man Ferris Thomas. So you hear him shout out Ferris Thomas on all the old records before mm -hmm. he went left or whatever he's doing now, evolving, whatever. Right. Ferris used to be at this radio station, WGCI in Chicago. And I had a remix contest for this group called Jamiroquai when I was at Sony. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to break it on urban radio. And uh, I had my mix show DJs do remixes, and I promised them like $5,000, $5,000 limited edition exclusive singles that they put out throughout the country with your name on it. Jason would never let, from Jamaica, would never let us do that, but I had to mm -hmm. throw something out there. $500 gift card to Adidas. I let them go through and then pick something out from the Sony store because my in the 90s, we were throwing money away. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we in, in the Sony building, HQ in New York. I could push a button on my computer and everything that was in the store, I could have it. I was mm. giving away those, the original PlayStation, the gray one with the, you yeah. pop the top on it. Mm -hmm. Like party favors, my guy, here. Giving them away. Mm. Like that. I didn't care who had them. Take them all. Right? Mm. So they got all that stuff. And um, Ferris told me, yo, man, I didn't win this, this contest. I have to, to be honest with you. Um, a man, no ID, he has his protege by the name of Kanye West who did the, the remix. And we flew them in to sign some paperwork. And he told us he was trying to be a rapper at the time. And I'm like, because mm. he couldn't rap a Christmas gift at that time to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? But his beats were fire. And our boss is a lawyer or was a lawyer. Like he was like Babyface's lawyer, Prince's lawyer, Easy E's lawyer mm -hmm. named Ron Sweeney. Mm -hmm. And I remember in the meeting, I was sitting there with the A&R guys. And he was like, shh, shh. Listen to the drums. It was a keyboard bass line. I'm like, everybody was laughing, but keeping it in because he's the mm -hmm. boss. Mm -hmm. But he didn't know what he's doing. But like to have that opportunity to sit there and like, you know, or to 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 tell Jay Z and, and Damon Dash when they came over after their deal was done with Priority, they were trying to find a home, and I had a meeting with them, and I'm sitting. Dame did most of the talking, of course. Mm -hmm. I mean, Jay has some things to say, but Dame was like. So should we come to Epic? I said, you want the PC answer or the raw answer? He goes, give me the PC answer first. I said, absolutely. You should come over to Epic Records. We've have never had any history of success with any artist until I got here. But yes, you should come over to Epic. Mm -hmm. He says, what's the real answer? Go to Def Jam, my guy. You got the cachet. You got one of the hardest artists in the world who's about to be that dude who I ran up on in Shanford. I tell the story in, in the podcast this week about how we first met. And it was from his dad. And I'm like, yo, your label said you couldn't handle another album, much less another single. This is Patrick Moxie at Payday Records. Said that JC couldn't handle any of that. Mm. This is back in, in my lifetime. That's what's the mean? All that. Mm. I'm like, what? I, you could tell you you kind of you know like how do I know how did I know Wu Tang was gonna be that? You when you know you know. Mm -hmm. This is early days. Like you just don't you see it and you just, if somebody gets this and they nurture it right, it's gonna be that thing. I just I've as my mother used to say, I forced got my way through life, my guy. Mm -hmm. Just being somebody who's open to the possibilities and curious enough to go through those doors and say, let me try this. Let me do this. You know, I like this. Let me do that. I think it, it really speaks to who I am as a person, always trying to build and create and want to leave 
this place better than it was before I got here. What's my legacy? I'll never see it. Mm. I'll never see it. And, that, and that's the key. I don't want to see it. I want some kid, like my students, when they come to class, I'm like, we may never see each other again. But when they always, like some of them write me back like, so I'm teaching now or I'm doing this. And I said a bar from your class, like it just reminded me that these are the things you gave to me. That's the cultural currency. You're carrying it forward. And, you know, they're like, I appreciate the time we had so much more now because you taught me some things about the difference between hearing and listening, like what I need to do better. And I'm, I told them I'm still learning. But it's an amazing, like I, I keep going back to cultural currency. It's an amazing thing to be able to, to transfer and, and, and cash out with people all the time. Now, you know, obviously, you know, like, like I said, when I when I initially met you, it was, it was more through music, through Chris. I didn't know about the ball stuff till after, but you got a rich, a rich history of being experienced in the music business. And, you know, like, you know, that's like I said, that's how I initially knew you. So even though you're doing your thing within the basketball community in Toronto and across the country, I got to ask you a question or a couple of questions because it just wouldn't be right to me not to ask on the music side now. Right. Recently, I don't know why this this is this became a thing again, but recently the topic came up about R and B and how it's dead. And I thought, you know, overall, in terms of the promotion, the the way they promote it now, that it's <clears throat> it's died a Scarface style death of quite a few years ago, right? Mm. Back back like mm. right in the back, shotgun to the back, you know. But mm. but you know, Puffy recently brought up the conversation of R B being dead. So for you being, you know having your roots in the music game in your eyes, what do you think can bring R and B back? At least on the level that it was like nineties, two thousands, or do you think that's like that shit ain't never coming back to that it's level? It's not gonna come back, but you have to do I think what ends up happening is not that it's dead, it's just that there's no outlet for it anymore mm. because they're promoting rapper dudes who wanna sing and the R and B dudes wanna be rappers. Right. And so when a love song sounds like this, baby, I skeeted in you the first time we was together because I wanted you to have my baby. I guess that's a love song today. <laughs> I'm not knocking them if somebody's buying that shit, but it's not for me. I think that there's always going to be a market. We just have to create it and make sure that people know because yes, I, I have know. a couple of artists who are who are writing and doing great things in R&B and doing placements and stuff in R&B as a genre. I don't think he ever die. I get it when he's saying it's dead. It's from a, a visibility standpoint. But he has as much to do with that, that as anyone else. You have a platform. You got revolt. But because Drink Champions is the Drink Champs is the biggest show on the network, mm -hmm. that's what you put all your resources toward. Yeah. And I get that part. It's fun. It's great. But you could have an, a great R&B showcase every year you could do all kinds of stuff that don't have anything to do necessarily with that but here's the thing the billboard charts not ask for r&b when you see the top the, the hot 100 and nine of the top 10 songs are either by a rapper or a, a r&b song with a rapper on it mm -hmm. so it's rihanna with drake or it's you know frank ocean with tyler you know tyler, tyler the, creator. the creator right you see what i'm saying so at the oh. end of the day are we paying attention to the frank oceans and the eric um roberson the Dwellers and, and um, what's my man's name? Um, Brent Fire. You know, it's a bunch of guys out here and women who are doing it to this day. Yeah. And I think that, you know, all you have to do is listen to uh, 
go go check out the the the, the score and 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 the songs that have been played and placed on shows like Insecure. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You know, there's a so long. A, it is it is a murderous row of, of great music, and 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 so, I and I say that not to say that R and B music is like the music isn't good, because there is there is some great artists out there. You know, like my my guy right now is Anderson Pack. I've been mm-hmm. a fan of his before, like you know when he was just literally starting out. His first singles were on XM Sirius. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I'm like, who is this man? Like, I keep seeing his name, Anderson Pack. Man, this guy sounds nice. You right. know, and, and to see where he's building, I I love to see that. But I want to see a lot more of that. You know, mm-hmm. and I want you know, like for me, it's like, yeah, I'm a hip hop head, but like I'm I'm old enough to know, like you know, R and B was like that was the thing that like you know you you wanted a different vibe. It it didn't mix with hip hop. Sometimes it didn't. That 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 connection was great, but you wanted. You wanted the slow songs. You wanted, you know, certain things. You you needed you need that those elements too. We grew up on that. So right? I, I, wait. So I'm asking. I got a question now. You got me tripping now. Now are we blaming the former king of R and B, Bobby Brown, because he was the first one to rap? Mm-hmm. I'm not even blaming him. In the songs, I'm not. I'm or not are blaming we, are him. Are we at saying all. that? Are we saying that the year that Justin Bieber and Justin Timberlake and John B. And Robin Thicke were named the top R&B artists in the world. That that's when it died. I'm asking questions. I'm not accusing anybody. I'm just asking questions. Mm-hmm. I mean, hmm, it's interesting. I, I I would say the 2000s had a, had an effect after the Yo Soul kind of had an effect on that too. You know what I mean? Erica Badu, come on, man, come on. Oh no, no, I'm not knocking. I'm I'm saying that era was great. I'm just saying like that once that started to tail off. It just started becoming. Did it tail off, or did they have less and less opportunity because rap was bringing so much more? That's it. That's, that's here's that's Drake. It. Here's Drake singing songs. If they had to choose between Eric Roberson and Fonte singing songs from Little Brother, right, or Drake, who people say he stole Fonte's style in the first place, mm-hmm. as far as the singing stuff, right? Who are you gonna choose? You're gonna choose Drake. He's one of the biggest artists on the planet. Yeah. So As, that marginalizes the R&B end of it because you're know, like, okay, I can get the best, the best of both worlds with Drake, that people know Drake, that he's famous, and if I want to play a rap song by Drake and a song where he's singing and, and, and whining and the whole nine, I can do that. I don't have to worry about this other stuff. So it does marginalize it a bit. Mm-hmm. But there's always going to be great R&B music out here all around the world. And I'm I'm a, I'm always going to be a fan of just good music. Period. I'm not a genre guy. To tell you the truth, mm-hmm. you know, that's for bean counters at the at the at the labels and dudes at you know Billboard who told Little Nas X he wasn't you know country music, right? But he, he he's smarter than them to so say okay, even though every country station is playing my song, you're going to tell tell them it's not country music. Apparently, people think it's country music, but I'm going to help you out. So you said I'm a one-hit wonder? We're going to go out and get another one-hit wonder and Billy Ray Cyrus do the remix. All of a sudden, it's country music now. Mm. The complexion for correction, apparently, as you yeah. said earlier. Yeah. So it is what it is. It is what it is. It is. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, it's a, it's a mix. It's a, it's a definitely, it's not, I don't think it's just one thing. You know, to narrow oh, no, down to one thing not. is, yeah, it's not, it's not just the one thing. Because I think the... Well, the concept of love on top of that too is removed from or, from R and B. It's removed from our music, period, though. Yeah, yeah, for well, hell yeah. Because hell yeah. because if you if you think about it, like 
like I said, girl, I skied and you're like, okay, I that's yeah, okay. Is, is there a better way to say like you go up to one of the uh, baby, I, I I want you to be my girlfriend. Let me skid in you the first time so you can be my wife. Huh? <laughs> she's she's leaving fast. No, maybe she maybe she's like that. Maybe, mm -hmm. Oh, she a bad boy. Again, if you promote that thing, if you propagate that same thing, I'm not knocking that. There's a place for all of it. Right. There's a place for all of it. But as you start to marginalize people who actually write songs, and I'm talking about writing songs, and think about their craft and who the audience they're trying to reach, right? You're finding less and less of that. That's all I'm saying. It's yeah. less and less than that. You know. Now, so. now before we go, you know, because we're hoop heads, obviously, I, I can't let you get out of here without discussing a little bit about the NBA so far, because this summer's been crazy with all the rumors and the drama, the trades, news. For you, though, what's like the one or two things this summer that had you surprised or like caught your attention? The WNBA season and how they're making comparisons, these nonlinear comparisons between what the women were making. Oh, shout out, free BG, first yeah. and foremost, Brittany Griner. But how they're making these like nonlinear comparisons. Stephen A. Smith makes $12 million. The whole budget for the WNBA is $12 million. That's crazy. But I'm saying, like, how's that have anything to do with Stephen A. Smith? So I said, okay, well, I mean, if we're going to keep it funky, the entire salary cap for the Las Vegas Aces, the team that I want to win the championship, a big fan of Asia Wilson, big fan of uh, Chelsea Gray, you know, as we talked about before we got on, mm. and uh, Kelsey Plum, and shout out to Kia Stokes, my homegirl. She played for the New York Liberty first. Came out to full court 21. She was a part of it early on. Okay. So um want to see her win, you know, Jackie Young, that whole squad. And um I think their salary cap is $1.3 million. Guess what their coach's salary is? Mm. $1.3 million. So if you want to do that and put well, LeBron makes 44. Um, I, can I say LeBron in your show? You can say LeBron. It's okay. Oh, because uh, you know, you, 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 I, 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 I know, I know you, I know you're the I know you're the you're 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 the flag bearer of LeBron, no, no, but but it's no, the, I'm not. He, I'm not. He who shan't can be. I'm, yo, what what does he say? He who shan't be, shan be named. Nah, I'm okay. not the you flag bearer. I don't care. I'm don't just. Care. I know guys get emotional when I say his name, so I just mm. try not to hurt feelings, you know. <laughs> and I'm I'm trying to spare feelings because they're trying to protect a legacy they can't protect. It is what it is, you know. I said this before, Cal, and this is very simple for me. Someone asked me on, I think it was on TSN. You know, what do you think about the MJ? That's one of the things. I'll say that. So on top of the fact that Brittany Griner, the thing with Brittany Griner surprised me. I was really happy with the quality of WNBA basketball this year. Mm. You know, more top flight players playing in, in Euro basket and FIBA World Cup qualifiers. Yeah. Love that. Some, some nice um, ball. You, you see Giannis. You see Jokic. Um, you see Luca that Lamar. That's with two R's playing in the tournament. That's like, a, that I'm was not, a, that was not to cut you, but that was an epic battle between Giannis and, and Joker. Yeah, that needs to be know? replayed somewhere because that was that was awesome. And we didn't get to see that, so no. you have to watch the FIBA YouTube channel. Yeah, right. Um, to watch all that stuff, just as a future reference, uh, hint, you can watch it there. And um, you know those things. But when I was asked about you know the the goat conversation and who's the goat between MJ and you know LeBron. I'm like, well, I'm not going to answer it 
the way everyone else is going to answer. Let me tell you this. If there's a legitimate argument, which it seems to be, all right, I'll put it like this. There's a legitimate argument as to who's the GOAT between a guy who won six finals, never lost, and a guy who lost six finals. How great must that guy who lost six finals be? Well, you know, it's funny because I would say this, man. I, I you know, I, I, I hated this debate between between the two. I hated it, but not for a reason that people would think. Because where I hated it is because it's kind of the same thing. When I go back to the music reference about how, how you know, when you're on radio, you could you could listen to a song you don't like it, and then after two months you're like na 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 na. Why am I singing this? You've been right. programmed. Right. And I still remember this, man, when when um, when Miami went back to back. And I remember the, the, the somebody, I don't know, it was either ESPN or Fox. It was either one of them. I think it was Colin ESPN, Coward, though. But but one of them was like, Well, you know, is he approaching Michael? And I'm like, you know, people are saying that. I'm like, what people are saying that? Nobody's saying this. He won back to back. Like, what are you talking about? You know what I mean? And I'm and I'm like, and listen, I think LeBron's a great player, but I'm like, Who's having who's having this discussion? Like, this isn't the Biggie, Jay-Z, and Nas discussion. Like, what are you talking about? Nobody's saying this. And I started watching it a little bit more, a little bit more having these conversations. Then, you know, within six months or a year, you're walking into the gym. Well, hey, you know, that that really is a debate between MJ and thing. You're just like, wow, like I just I really saw this play out. So you think time. You, do you think you've been programmed, or do you think that at, over those six months? you've had more of a nuanced conversation and nuanced understanding because your initial thought, again, was like, there's nothing greater than MJ, which is not necessarily true. And, and, I, then and, if, I, and I say if you this. Put it on a platter, if we put it on a platter and go, okay, well, he won a six, no doubt. Yeah. And, he and, also and, won and, and, and trust me, not to cut you, but I'm saying this, telling you that I'm a Magic Johnson guy. That's my guy. Match is the GOAT. He's my GOAT. Yeah, right. He, he he beat and lost to some of the greatest teams in NBA history. Yeah. So it's like if 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 say for instance, you and I got into a fight, right? Mm. But you are pacifist, you don't fight. And I beat you up. I, I won, but they're really because you didn't fight back. You weren't built to fight back. That's not what you do, right? It's not your thing. So do I gloat about the win over somebody who didn't really fight back? Or if you beat me, if you if we fight and you beat me because you're the best and I think I'm the best and you beat me and the next year I come back and I beat you, there's no shame in losing. There's no shame in, in winning. Right. Right. There shouldn't be. Right. And so I look at it like that and I go, you know, if what's your favorite drink? My favorite drink? God. I don't even know at this point. Give me, give me, give me one alcohol. I, give me I, one. Angus, <laughs> Angus, Angus, I'm gonna give you the shit of that drink. Angus, there in 1919. I'm gonna give you that. All right. So, so how do you drink it? You drink it straight. Usually straight. Yeah. Do people mix it though? Do they mix it? You could, but it tastes better when you don't. Okay. So, give me something that you would mix. Give me a mixed drink, like something you like rum and coke. Yeah, it, just it go rum and coke. Like Appleton, okay, so we go apple to the orange juice. Let's say that. All right, so apple to the orange juice. You put like one ounce of apple. If you go to the club, one ounce of Appletons, and they give you like three, four ounces of orange juice, right? Mm. 
What if they gave you that same one ounce, but they gave you eight ounces of or orange juice? Is it the same drink? Not really. <laughs> why? Why you say not really? Why you because, say not because, really? Because because you're losing the alcohol. So it's watered down, right? Right. When you expand the league six times in eight years, coinciding with when Michael Jordan won his titles, you won during the weakest period in NBA history, too. Was it really the weakest period in NBA history? We just, we, I just gave you an example. You told me it was weaker. You told me it's not the same drink. I of course. Know. Oh, okay. I don't know. I don't know. Wait, so wait. I don't know if this is the weakest so, period. Listen, so like. If you, if, you, if you expand the league that many times, the talent pool gets weakened. It's, there's. That it's hard to dis dispute that it's it what it is what it is, mm. and yet people try to do that because they're trying to hold on to the somehow. Yeah, it was no, it wasn't the greatest. It wasn't because you had expansion teams that still were trying to figure it out. So when '96, when you know the, the Raptors and the and the uh, Vancouver Grizzlies came in the league, and they won 72 games. Congratulations. When you look at who they beat in the finals. Just like I talked about, like it's not who you is not that you just fought, but who you fought. That's why we like magic, because of who he beat and who he played against. So when Jordan beat Magic, was it the Showtime Lakers or was it post Showtime? Yeah, post post Showtime, Drexler, Barkley. No, 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 no I'm saying like he right. beat the Lakers, not with Kareem and a healthy Worthy and a healthy Byron Scott in them. He beat. Magic with HIV. I can't knock it. That, that, that happened, right? Mm -hmm. 92, he beats Drexler, the one Hall of Famer on this squad. That's it. Just him. Mm -hmm. 93, same thing. Barkley. 90, 90, um, 96, Gary Payton, the only Hall of Famer in that squad. Should be too, but, you know, drugs kind of took out, took out camera. No, should, should don't count. <laughs> yeah. Should I don't know. count. One, right? How many Hall of Famers did... Jordan have on his squad when he beat them in '96. Three. We are we we really gonna do this, LeBron and 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 think conversation. I'm not doing. I'm, I'm no. Okay. I'm just I'm just I'm just asking. I'm I'm talking about Jordan. I didn't say anything mm. about LeBron. Mm. Four, four. Jordan, Pippen, Rodman, Kukoc. Uh, I guess you could say Kukoc. Don't don't do that. Don't do that. Tony Kukoc was legit. No, he was, nice. that, he was nice. He was nice. Degree to the degree that Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen had to team up on him and double team him and play him hard in the Olympics, even though they knew they they were better than Yugoslavia. They they knew he was coming. They wanted to prove a point to him. They were basically hazing him, uh -huh. right? Because if they let him go off, they they didn't want to be embarrassed. I get that. Tony Kukoc is a legitimate a Hall of Famer. It wasn't like he he wasn't you know a sixth man of the year that he wasn't an integral part of what they did. Um, if I recall, Scottie Pippen had a headache, or, or he was mad at Phil Jackson when Scott when um, Tony Kukoc hit that shot against New York in the playoffs. Mm. They drew up for Tony because Tony would get, get hit the shot, and he did it. So Tony Kukoc is a Hall of Famer, right? So you know I'm not making a comparison that way. I'm just looking at like the errors and like who's you really playing, right? If I had to compare, they they had a list of the top fifty teams to make it the NBA Finals. You can find, I think you can find it on NBA.com. Of the 50 teams that made it to the NBA Finals, Jordan faced one. You know where they were ranked? 45th. You know where that was? 
the 98 Utah Jazz. Mm. How old was Carl Malone in 98? How was John Stockton in 98? 37, 38. Mm. Those are two Hall of Famers. 38 ain't the same on everybody. Still nice, though. You won an MVP the following year. I'm talking about Malone, though, but mm -hmm. you won the MVP the following year. But like, like I said, Tim Duncan. Could have been Alonzo Morning too. But you know, mm -hmm. I, I always say though, like that to me, I when I go back to that that debate, like watching it in that in that the way it was brought to my attention, the way it was brought to me, like I didn't like how, how that was presented like at that point after two. Like talk to me when it's like three, four. But after but two, you know I'm like the, I'm the like, reason why they said that is because on, when you look at you look at who he took to the finals, that's what they were talking about. Like, not even like Magic became the goat for me, not because the 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 five wins before that, but the ninety one finals made him the goat to me, even though he lost. Mm -hmm. Because in game one, even though the Chicago was an overwhelming favorite, favorite, Michael had to prove to 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 Magic that he was the man. Magic controlled every aspect of the, the game, game, had a sure. triple double, and they won game one. And as soon as they took Jordan off of him and let Pippen guard him, so Michael could do what he needed to do. Yeah, the series is over after that. You can't, you can't, you can't discount that. But that was a great series too, because because I mean, he made no, it wasn't he, great. He, no, no, but they, I'm saying no. I'm, I'm talking about sweet. no, no. I'm talking about Magic. I'm saying it was great for because I'm like he made that year. He made like he made a lot of guys better. You know, like uh, Divac. I want to say I'm forgetting his name, but yeah, Divac, yeah, yeah. Listen, when he came in there, playing, like he's playing with Terry Teagle and Tony Campbell mm -hmm. and Eldon Campbell, Campbell, dog, and he made them. There's no way that he in '91. He should have even been in the finals. He dragged that. He killed Portland. Portland was the best team in the Western Conference by in far. 90, 91, and 92. You saw the one year they didn't go to the finals was the year that Magic beat them. And 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 what's and what's underrated? I'm glad we're getting to this Magic thing, but what's what's underrated though was game six when he threw that ball down court and left point one second left on the clock to end that. That is the one of the that is one of the most underrated smart plays in the history of basketball. I'll tell you the smartest. That was plan that was absolutely amazing. That was absolutely amazing what he did. It is his top three. Paul Westfall, Blessed Dead, him calling timeout in the 76 finals against um the Celtics. And making them and shoot the two free throws and getting the ball back. Making, yeah. To so give them a chance to shoot. Mm -hmm. That, but the Jason Kidd thing, <laughs> when Jason Kidd, when Jason Kidd played in um who is he playing for? He's playing no, he's playing for the um Dallas, Dallas, when he ran into the, when he ran into uh... Mike Woodson <laughs> to get the technical, they were losing. That was awesome, though. <laughs> that, to think of that on the fly, <laughs> I talked to Damon. I talked to Damon Stoudemire about this. Mighty Mouse, shouts out to you, man. Um, on that Boston bench now. Um, talked to him about. I said this is the smartest play I've ever seen in the game because he had to think. We're down. We need something to happen. How can we stop the clock and get shots up? He ran right into Mike Woodson on, He's on the court. He's on the court, and and they have to give him the ball and and the foul shots. It was so <laughs> smart. You have to understand the game inside and out to make mm -hmm. make a, a determination like that coming down the court. Mm -hmm. So shouts out to Jason Kidd probably for that Magic Johnson. Of course, I mean that's so underrated. That's so underrated. That that here whole throwing it down the that was. I remember even as a, like I was watching it as a kid, and I was like, this that was unbelievable. Like I, up, I remember though. that. I remember that to this day. That was unbelievable to me. I'm gonna mess you up based on what you said about after two, you gonna call him the goat. 
Magic's five and four in the finals. We call him the GOAT because of who he beat. And he, he definitely played the greatest single game in finals history, game six in 1980. Right. 42-15-7. 20 years seven. old. And no, and the MVP was on the shelf against all those Hall of Famers. Mm-hmm. And and and, it's, and it's, to me, it's not even. I mean, it's, it's. I mean, for me, growing up, it wasn't just the winning. It was just like, like how we made me feel watching them play. Like Magic between my brothers and Magic Johnson, those are the reasons why I played basketball. Those are the reasons That's why I, I went on the court to, to who you know. Like so, it's like I don't care about Magic being on Twitter. <laughs> it's, it's, all that stuff. It's wow. Whatever, man. Whatever, whatever, man. I, I'm gonna still rock a jersey to this day. If I meet Magic to this day, you know, I'm, I'm shaking his hand because I know, like, his, like, he affected my childhood in a great way when it came to basketball. No you know, that was that was that was my one number one influence, man. So, you know, so shout out to him because that, like, I always said that when people have those debates and they're like, "Oh, well, you enjoy," I'm like, "Nope, nope, nope. Stop it right there. Stop it right there." To to this day, if I play ball, I rather I rather a great pass. Even to this day, as much as I love to score, to this day, I'd rather hit you with a nice pass. And that's for Magic. That's that's directly Magic, from that. When you can control, we played in that celebrity game, he barely shot. Mm-hmm. He controlled every aspect of the game. Yeah. He barely shot. That's a mastery of the game that you rarely see from guys. And just to see it up close, and he wasn't even really playing serious. I think it was me, him. Like, we were playing him, Derek Harper. Pat Cummings, blessed dead um, for the Knicks. Both uh, he and Harper played. This is in New York City. Yeah. Um, somebody else played in that team with them. Probably Rolando Blackman was on that team too, because of his relationship with Derek Harper when they yeah. were in Dallas. Yeah. So, yeah. And he he had Panamanian people. He's Panamanian, so uh, he had something that was going on in New York at the time. And they were it was a three on three tournament. But they had a sub, and Rolando Blackman was one of them. And Magic just killed us. Doing whatever he wanted to do, whenever he wanted to do it, mm-hmm. right? So to be able to see it up close and then you know take some pictures with him and sit and talk to him for a little bit was dope to me. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Now, now going into this season, who who's the team and player that you're most interested to to watch going into the twenty two twenty three season? It's my last Kawhi, question. Before I wrap up. Kawhi Anthony Leonard. <laughs> Thank you. In the in on the deepest team. In the league on paper, can he stay healthy enough to have them dethrone Golden State or one of these young teams like, you know, Memphis coming up? Uh-huh. Can they do that? I mean, I want to see what he does. You know, the Clippers have never had real success, and the only success they made they had making it to the Western Conference Finals, they did it without him. Without him, yeah. So, does that change the suit? You know, um, do guys like Reggie Jackson fall back and defer? You bring in John Wall, you know, there's this an issue in the backcourt. Like, I like that. I NBA, like that pickup, by the way, too. Winning in the NBA is a delicate ballet. Mm-hmm. And the, it's because of the chemistry. Yeah. And it could be one thing that throws off your entire season, you know. Um, and I'm not going to blame anybody, but, like, I don't know if there's going to be any – Friction, but they have the deepest team. They have a great coach in Ty Lue, you know, and, and they have, you know, Hall of Fame caliber players uh, on that squad. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do. I'm a, you know, my young team that I'm looking forward to see. I'm, you know, Atlanta, Memphis, 
Uh, also, this idea of expansion is, is really something. And I talked about this. You can, if you check my, uh, my 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 post on IG, I've been saying this for a while now, and I said they're going to give that Las Vegas franchise to the Fenway Sports Group. You know who's a part owner of the Fenway Sports Group? I do. I'll leave it at that. I do. I do. And you, and you know what's funny too with that? It's uh, you know that I mean I'd love to see Seattle get it. I I want to see them get it. They will get it. They if there's mm. two, they're gonna be they're gonna get it. But they're gonna be number two. <laughs> they're gonna be number two. The amount of arenas that's being built in Vegas as we speak, there is there is only a matter of time before a franchise is coming there. But they had the litmus test at first, right? They had mm -hmm. to see what the Las Vegas uh, Golden Knights did in the NHL. Mm -hmm. I mean, Gary Bettman used to work for David Stern, so yep. he understands that part. Mm -hmm. You see what the, the, the Aces are doing. Mm -hmm. I said the Las Vegas Golden Knights and then the Las Vegas Aces of WNBA. Yep. You know, if they win the title, it's going to make it even easier. They already got the T-Mobile Arena there. Yeah. You know, there's a basketball summer league out there for a reason. Mm -hmm. You're testing the marketplace. When they did the – it's changed a lot since 2007 when the All-Star game was there and cats were getting jacked. On the on the like, strip. I was right strip. off the strip. Yep. Money. I was riding a moped zipping through. Like, gangsters from four states were just standing on the corner <laughs> like, yo, run it. You know what this is. Because the traffic was so bad. Mm -hmm. like, you talk about traffic in Toronto. Them cats were just walking up to your window. I'm like, Keep it real casual. If, if you get out of pocket, I got this thing on you. Just give it up. Have a nice day. And they just walked back and just walked on. Like, Cameras everywhere. It didn't matter. Didn't matter. Yeah, wow. I heard about that. That was that was wild. That was mm -hmm. super wild. But I um, but yeah, and then on top of that, too, you know, you have all the NCA. I mean, they had like four different conference tournaments this year in Vegas, right? Including the mm -hmm. Pac 12. Mm -hmm. It's only a matter of time. It's coming. It's coming. Yeah. It's coming. Yeah. I don't even think you have to read the the, the tea leaves, man. It's right there. Well, it's it's, the first, it's it's like graffiti. First, it's like graffiti right now. But one of the first picks ended up being one of his sons. You'll know. Mm -hmm. You'll know. You'll see. Yeah, man. No doubt. Fulfill that. No doubt. No doubt. But brother, thank you as always for hopping on the Av Podcast, man. I know this is not your first time, but it's been a long time. Hopefully, it'll be the space will be condensed. For the next time you come on but I, I definitely appreciate you hopping on and i thank you for your patience because you know um <laughs> <laughs> no man don't do that don't do that no 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 brother look oh no 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 always no but I, but i'm like but i just no i want to tell you thank you as well because i'm saying patience not for what you're thinking i'm thinking i'm saying because i went through like a kind of like a you know like a life-changing event you know, mm -hmm. earlier this summer. So, you know, we were supposed to do the show right that week. So oh, I, well, I was like, when I start back, I'm like, you know, it's it's like I was like, I have you in mind. You know, I'm like, I, I want to have you as one of my first couple of shows. It has to be, you know what I mean? Because I want to pay that back. And like I said, this is this is a this is a flower sharing episode, man. I want to, you know, the, you know, share the love and just be like, yo, thank you for what you've been doing, man. You know, people are watching and you know, and, and you're doing your thing and, you know, it's definitely appreciated. That's why I want to come support this summer. But that traffic. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, look, look, still, still sharp and steel. And 100%. I know, you know, it's spread love is a strickling way. So that's what we do. And, and I want to see you flourish and, and keep doing your thing, too, man. Mm -hmm. And if, again, if you need any help, you know where I am, you know, um, 100%. And, and and like keep doing it, man. Like that's all you could do is. 
keep doing it and, and doing it in a way that no one else can do it in the way you do it, mm-hmm. and you'll be okay with it. Yeah, and I am. I am. Believe that. <laughs> thank you all for checking out the latest episode of the AF Podcast. And a special thank you and shout out to Will Strickland for hopping on the podcast. Much appreciation to you, my guy. <laughs> Much appreciation. Uh, you can check out his podcast, The Open Run, on Anchor, as well as Apple Podcasts. And you can check out his work as well on WeArePress.net. And to check out more of his Full Court 21 Canada experience, a.k.a. the most unique basketball tournament, you can go on his Facebook page, Full Court 21 Canada. All right, so head on over there, check everything out. So due to previous engagements, there will not be an episode next week of the Ave Podcast. Uh, but as I mentioned before, starting back, well, not starting back, but on October the 7th, on October 7th, I'll be dropping the first of a six-episode series called the R&B Fantasy Draft. Once again, that'll be out on October the 7th. Plus, the NBA season is coming, so we're going to be doing the annual NBA preview shows as we always do in October as well. Plus a couple of interview episodes. I can't wait for you to check all of it. And I appreciate all of you for tuning in. And check out the Av whenever you listen to podcasts as well. Rate, review, and subscribe. Leave them reviews. Leave them reviews. Especially if you're on Apple Podcasts. And click on my catalog on SouthShareAv.com. Once again, that's SouthShareAv.com. For Will Strickland, this is Cal C. And you just tuned into the Av Podcast on South Sharaf Radio. All right, till next time. Peace. We out. <laughs>